19 days until what? Christmas. Do you ever realize that we don't ever count down for any other holiday like that? There's something about Christmas that builds anticipation. There's something about Christmas that makes us want to know, when are we going to finally be there? And especially with children, right? Children have such a hard time knowing when Christmas is going to be and how long. It seems to take forever because it's like Thanksgiving, and then Santa shows up at the end of the parade, and it's like, Christmas must be here. No, you have to wait an entire month, and it's so hard to do that. And a tradition that we've continued with our children that I had uh, growing up, and, and you'll, you'll hear me talk about this every year because it's like my favorite tradition of Christmas, it's the chocolate advent calendars. How many of you guys know the chocolate advent calendars? Yes, they are the best. The only thing that I regret this year is I realized only my daughters have them. I don't get one. So I, don't, I have to watch them every day eat a chocolate. And if you don't know what it is, it's a calendar with 24 doors, and you have, the numbers are a little bit hidden sometimes, or you've got to try to find them in the midst of a picture. And then you open each door each day as you get closer to Christmas. And you, it kind of gives you a visual representation of when you're going to be arriving at Christmas. And on some calendars, the 25th day, at least I haven't seen these in a few years, was a bigger chocolate. But on a lot of calendars, you don't even have a 25th door because the 25th is Christmas. And so it's a way of anticipating and, and making your way towards Christmas and really just enjoying that and being ready for it. And I know it's just so hard for children and, and for some of us to wait until we get there. But as we count down our days towards Christmas, we want to talk about a new series here on Sundays called Heaven and Earth Collide. And in preparation for Christmas and what's going to happen on that day, we think about what happened on that first Christmas day. No other day in all of history so much transformed the world and put the world on its head. As a matter of fact, it has changed the way that we mark time, if you think about it, right? The birth of Christ comes in, and the life of Christ is lived, and we break history into these parts of the history before Christ leading up to him and the history of the world following him. It changed everything. On that first Christmas day, when we celebrate what happened on that first Christmas, we think about heaven and earth, and we think about this barrier. We think about this difference of heaven out there, earth here, and the two collided and they came together, and what happened on that Christmas day, on that first Christmas, when heaven and earth collided, changed everything. The silence was broken. The darkness was pierced by light. The invisible, the untouchable became touchable, and the eternal became personal. And so over the next several weeks as we lead up to Christmas and Christmas Eve, we want to look at the power of this moment when heaven and earth collide, but not just in the way that it changed history, but the power of what happens when heaven and earth collide inside of us and the transformation that takes place and can take place during Christmas. Today I want to begin with talking about the silence being broken. Let's pray and then invite God to, uh, to stir within us. Heavenly Father, as we think about heaven and earth colliding, you coming to this earth, and the difference that it's made for so many years, for all of history. Father, I pray that today we would have ears to hear what you have to speak to us. We're listening, Lord. Amen. I want you turn, to turn with me to the first text today that we have. It's in Malachi chapter 5. Now, some of you are going, oh, no, not Malachi. I don't know where Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So turn to Malachi chapter 5. I know you guys want help on the screen, but I'm not giving you any help for this one. Malachi chapter 5. Um, if you have um, your Bibles, you'll turn to that page. And, and when we think about, as we're getting there, when we think about 
Christmas and we think about this anticipation, it's one thing when we know it's coming. And when we know that Christmas is going to be here, we can count down and, and we get excited, we anticipate what's going to come. But then what happens, what if you were in that first century of believers? What if you were Mary and Joseph and the other Israelites and you were, you were the shepherds and you were the innkeeper and you were these characters that we know from the Christmas story? They didn't know Christmas was coming. They didn't know it was going to be here. So I want to look at Malachi chapter 5, which is the last book in the Old Testament, to kind of give us some context as to what's going on. So how many of you have found Malachi chapter 5? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> there is no Malachi chapter 5. <laughs> there is no Malachi chapter 5. Actually, Malachi only has four chapters. So in case you're not going crazy, okay? But, but we want to begin at the end of the Old Testament because in my page, what happens before Matthew, this is odd. I have, you see this? You see what I have here? What is this page in the Bible? This one here. Of all the pages in the Bible, there's one page here that is completely blank, and it's the page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And how many times have we just flip right through that, see it as a little divider? But that blank page is a page of silence. It's a page of silence where, where God's voice was silent, where we have nothing in our Bible about what happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We think one thing ended and the next thing started, but what we got to realize is this blank page represents 400 years. 400 years of no prophetic voices that were recorded. Now, if they spoke and were there, I don't know. But from what we have in our scriptures, this is 400 years of silence. Can you imagine 400 years of God's silence. Now, we finished our last series uh, not a few weeks ago, about 31 kings, and we talked about how the Israelites took hold and took possession of the promised land. Well, the rest of the Old Testament is the, the Israelites settling that land and all the challenges and struggles that come with living, uh, living out the promises of God and the different kings and kingdoms, and we, we see battles that ensue and challenges that come. There are times where they're taken off into exile and they're in captivity and, and other nations come and conquer them. It's a crazy history. But in these 400 years before we get to Matthew and the story of Jesus' birth, so much has changed during that time. In those years of silence, so many things were happening. When we leave off the Old Testament, what we begin to see is the shift of power now moves from Persia at the time, and it shifts to Greece. And there's a, a, a certain someone we may have heard of before in history called Alexander the Great. I think he had some power during that time, and he conquered kingdoms, and he, and he led that region. But by the time that 400 years ends and, and Jesus is about to come on the scene, the Roman Empire has now taken hold. And their reach was far across the entire Mediterranean region. They were the dominant power, and they were the political system in Israel. They were what, that was the context of what the people were dealing with. And even within the Israelites, within their own religious system, so many things had changed. Factions were taking place. We've heard of the Pharisees in the New Testament, perhaps. Jesus talking about the Pharisees. Well, who were they? They became the ones that said, we have to hold on to the past, to our traditions, we have to keep the letter of the law, and we have to follow it just so. And so they were the traditionalists, and they, but they were missing the spirit of the law. But they became a group, and they fought with the Sadducees. They were influenced by Hellenistic cultures and by the Greeks, and they were more liberal considered in that way. They denied some of the supernatural. And so this tension was going on, and even another group, the Essenes, were out in the hills and with, retreated and retracted from the others. This was the environment. This is what's happening during, these, during this blank page. This 400 years of silence, and people must have been wondering, God, where are you? Can you imagine 400 years? 
You've got history and you've got stories of people talking about God speaking and through the prophets and if you needed a word, you'd come and you'd get that and all of a sudden, nothing. Quiet. Silence. God, where are you? What, can, what are you going to do? When are you going to come? And they had this hope of a Messiah. And some of our, our scriptures and when we teach and, and sing some of the songs around Christmas, they come from Isaiah, the prophet, talking about a, a day where this eternal king will come, the rescuer, the savior, the Messiah. And I'm imagining that in this context of these 400 years, those cries for the Messiah got louder and louder. We need rescue. We need help. We need somebody to come through for us. When will you send this Messiah? God, are you listening? Come, we need you. And I can imagine over 400 years of silence during that blank page, there was a loss of hope. There's discouragement that sets in. There's questions that come up. Is God really there? Is he going to come through? What, what's he going to do? And we struggle with the silence. When we think about our own lives, we struggle with the silence, don't we? It's so hard to stay quiet. Have you ever tried playing the silent game with kids? How long does that last? <laughs> You know, it's this little trick that we have as parents. We hope it'll work. Like maybe this van ride could be, you know, quieter or this, this night could be quieter if the kids play the silent game. And then you know, within a couple of seconds, somebody bursts out laughing. We can't stay quiet. It's hard to stay. I remember as a kid trying to go be in church and not laugh and giggle in church. It's just hard to be quiet. But we love to fill our time and our day with noise, though, too, don't we? I mean, it's probably pretty rare that you're ever in your car without the music or talk radio being on, Right? So we get in the car, and there's music, and there's noise. We come home, and maybe the TV's on, a 24-7 Christmas station. And then you go to work, and maybe you got an iP- you know, you got, a, you got an earbud in, and noise is all around us. The silence is so difficult to deal with because we don't like it. As a matter of fact, silence can even be used as punishment. Spouses, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the silent treatment? Can you think about that? Silence, nothing. The blank page is punishment. If I want to punish my spouse, I just shut up, and I don't say anything. And, and there's nothing worse when you're on the receiving end of that. Now, of course, the other person's still speaking, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you don't know what they're feeling, but sometimes it's so silent, and all you want is to say, say something, say anything, yell at me, get mad, let me know what's going on, but don't give me the silent treatment, because it breaks relationship. And it keeps us from connecting. And that's what happens here on this blank page between the Testaments, 400 years. It feels like the silent treatment. And when God is silent in our own lives, and when we feel that silent treatment, that blank page in our own lives, it's even harder. God, where are you? What are you doing? I've been praying about this. Our house still hasn't sold. I remember when we moved to Arizona about almost 10 years ago to start a church to plant a church, and we, we gave up everything, we left everything, and I said, God, we're following you, and we had a house in Indiana that we loved and had only lived in for a little bit, and we tried to sell it. It didn't sell for 18 months, and we had to rent here while we had that house payment there, and it was easy to go, God, I thought we're following you. How come you're not answering? Why are you not breaking through in this moment? That job you've been praying for, it's just not coming That promotion you've been wanting, it just keeps passing you over. The healing that you've been praying for is just not coming. The marriage is not getting any better. That addiction is still kicking your butt. You've been praying about a big decision, and you're just at an impasse. There's just no clarity. It's not coming 
the fertility treatments, they're not working. It's not because you haven't been praying and trying. The checkbook, the check account, still zero, still in negative territory. God, when are you going to break through? And so God seems silent. The answers aren't coming. The prayers aren't being answered. But then there's also the sense of, of God's spirit in our own soul, that stirring where we go, I don't even feel near to God. I don't even feel like he's there. I don't have encounters. I don't, I don't know if his spirit is alive in me. And, and that starts making us feel very impatient. And now when you start coupling silence with impatience, that's a bad recipe. Silence and waiting, just as we don't do well with silence, we don't do well with waiting. Remember the time when you used to have to um, look up some information that you wanted to know something about in the Encyclopedia Britannica? <laughs> right? Have to go to a library, and then you have to go to the library and get to the right volume, and then look through the alphabetical index, and then you'd get information that was maybe 10 years old. Yesterday, somebody asked me, because they're taking a trip, and they said, I wonder what time the sunset is in California. And I said, well, let me find out. Siri, what time is the sunset in California? Oh, 4.45. You know, it's like instant. We don't do well with waiting. Remember Blockbuster video? <laughs> Anyone got stock in Blockbuster? <laughs> Sorry about you. Remember that. Now, you know, now what we have for movies? On demand. On demand. I demand a movie right now. And because I demand a movie right now, I will get my movie on demand right now. That's the kind of world we live in. A microwave takes too long. And so we don't do well with silence. We don't do well with waiting. One of the worst places to be if you're with a loved one is in the waiting room of a hospital when they're having a procedure done. And so there's this room, it's a waiting room, a room where all you do is wait and you kill time and you pass time. And what are you waiting for? You're waiting for a word from the doctor. Tell me something because telling me something is better than not knowing anything. And it just reminds us that waiting is so hard and difficult. And so when you have silence and waiting, wow, that is tough. And so we see a blank page like this. And we go, God, what are you up to? God, are you doing anything? What is happening here during this blank page? And you know what? God is still working. Things are still happening. God is still using that time for his purposes. It's during that time of silence and waiting that really grows our dependence and trust on God, in God. It's the time where in my life, when it's been those seasons, sometimes seasons that have taken years, I pray some of the best prayers, and not because they're so good, but because they're most genuine, they're most honest, they're most heartfelt, they're most desperate. And in a way, that really connects me with God in a way that having the answer sometimes doesn't, but it reminds me of that dependence on God. God, I need you to come through. What happens during that silence is maybe there's enough that God has already given you and that, it doesn't, that he doesn't need to speak to you right now. Maybe during these 400 years of silence, the Old Testament was enough. The things the prophets had said was enough. If those things were just lived out and the truth followed, life would be rich. Today, somebody was, said a verse came at just the right time, a verse that was 2,000 years old in our Bible, still having power and relevance today. God can still speak through different means during that time of silence. During that blank page, time of silence, is when we maybe also get quiet enough to try to listen to God. We begin to calm down. We begin to quiet ourselves. We dial in and listen more intently than we ever have before. And it's actually a beautiful time. Even though it's difficult to go through, it's a time where you lean and sit with God and maybe in ways you haven't before when things are up and to the right and going well. 
And also what it does is it heightens our anticipation. When we're waiting on God, we're going, God, answer, answer. And actually, the longer it gets, even though it gets harder, how are you going to break through? How are you going to answer? God, when is it going to come? When is it going to come? Now, it's not a fun time, but God works during that time. And, and when that silence gets so strong, we go, God, when are you going to break through? It becomes powerful when he does. There's a scripture in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, where Paul is writing, and he says this. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the time had fully come, he's talking about when God sent his son, when he talks about that first Christmas. When the time had fully come, it's as though God was looking at that blank page, and even though we didn't know, and the people then didn't know when that time would elapse, God was counting down too. And he was realizing now the time had fully come. And though we're in our silence, we don't know what God's countdown clock is. But what I do know is he's getting, you're getting closer and closer and closer to that answer. We don't know how much longer. But when the time has fully come, you will hear from God. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his son. And how did he break that silence? Imagine 400 years of silence and waiting. You flip that page, and all of a sudden you're into Matthew, you're into Luke, you're into these Gospels, and it's like, it's like God's Spirit is alive and well and moving, and you hear angels and shepherds and a star in the sky and, and angels singing, and you're going, God is alive and he's speaking in grand fashion. And so we, I want to look today, what does it look like when that silence was finally broken? And one of the first people he spoke to was Mary. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the silence of 400 years broken here. Luke 1, 26 to 27, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Verse 30 to 33, don't be frightened. <laughs> well, yeah, there's an angel here telling me something, 400 years of silence. Of course, I'm going to be a little bit frightened. But the angel says, don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You'll become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What a promise. What a moment. What a way in grand fashion to, to break the silence, except it's not maybe what we imagine. It's the silent moment of an angel breaking the silence to a teenage girl. Isn't that cool? Of all the ways that God could have done that, of all the ways that he wanted to announce what was going to happen, he chose Mary. And he speaks into her this message. And I just want to look at these, these three parts even as, he, as he, the angel spoke. And the first thing he says is, don't be frightened. And like I said, I think we can imagine it being pretty scary to hear the voice of heaven for the first time. And maybe, I don't know how many of you, if you've ever heard an audible voice, I have never heard an audible voice of God in my life. So if, you, if that disqualifies me from being a pastor, I, I'm done. I don't know. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I have experienced them in different ways. And sometimes I wonder if you might experience them in the same way, and that can be a scary thing, especially if you've maybe never experienced God. And some of you don't know, I've got some people, sometimes somebody comes in and says, I, I, I've had people tell me, I walk into worship or I walk into the church and I just start to cry. I don't know what it is. I come into this place, and I'm just an emotional wreck. There's something happening here inside my spirit, and it moves me deeply. Maybe you come in, and you hear a song, and you're singing a song, and it just touches you in a way. That's God speaking to you. 
You hear a scripture that you maybe have even heard many times, but something new jumps out and it stimulates a thought in your mind and it seems to, to be a voice from God coming to you. That's God speaking to you. Sometimes I, I speak the message and, and, and somebody comes up to me and says, did you have a video camera or a microphone in our house? This is like exactly what we're dealing with. And I say, yeah, I do. That's how we know these things. So I'm sorry, with technology and Wi-Fi, we can break in anywhere. We know everything. Um, no, of course, God's Spirit is working and He's moving and He's taking things and He's bringing to you. That's God's voice speaking to you. I mean, you ever had that feeling in the gut? Just where you knew at a gut level, it doesn't necessarily even make sense rationally, emotionally, and, and what other people are saying, but you feel it in your gut. It might be God speaking to you. That lump in your throat just sits right there and you go, God, he's asking me to do something or he's telling me something. Or that tingle on your, on your skin. Now, I don't want to just put it into these, this area, but you know because it resonates within you. That's God speaking. And sometimes we can get freaked out by that. Or we can just write that off and say, God, I don't know what that is. That's just, you know, it's just something I ate this morning. <laughs> it's just the, the air condition just kicked in at right the right time and it's giving me goosebumps. Lean into that. Don't be afraid of God speaking to you. He says, don't be afraid. And what is the next thing that he says? God has decided to bless you, Mary. He breaks the silence and he says, I want to bless you. God wants to bless us. When he breaks the silence and we've been praying and seeking, God wants to bless. Now, that didn't mean it was always going to be easy from here on out. If somebody said, you failed to mention that she's going to have a really hard time. She may be ostracized by her family for being pregnant out of wedlock, and then she's going to be you know, having to ride on a donkey. There's not going to be a room in the inn. It's not always going to be easy, but there was something more going on, and God wanted to bless her with this amazing gift of, of understanding who she is giving birth to and that he had chosen her, and she's been revered throughout the generations. When God breaks his silence and we've been on our knees and we've been dependent, he wants to bless. It may not always be the answer in the way that we wanted, but it is God speaking his blessing. And then the third thing, it just says the long-awaited Messiah is coming. He tells her what's going to happen. This isn't just good news and a blessing for you. This is for everyone. That Messiah that you've been praying and hoping for is coming. Sometimes in church we use that word so easily, Savior. The Savior, and it becomes kind of a title for God. But just think about it. One who saves. It's like the lifeguard is coming. <laughs> kind of think about it. And the rescuer is coming. That's the good news. The silence is broken from 400 years. Rescue is coming. Help is coming. Help is on the way. It's almost here. Mary, and I'm going to begin with you. How cool. Don't be frightened. God has blessed you. The Messiah is coming. So Mary quietly takes these things and it says she treasured them in her heart and for several months she ponders them and she thinks about them as the baby is growing in her stomach and she's, she's just thinking about all these things. And then in another very quiet, silent moment, on the day when Jesus was born, I couldn't imagine a more quiet place than where this scene takes place, out on the hills outside of Bethlehem. Bethlehem was not a sprawling metropolis, it was a quiet little town. And outside of that quiet little town without city lights and much nightlife and music or noises or cars, nothing at that time, obviously, out in the fields, in the dark, there are shepherds, the dark of night under the starry sky. And God decides to break the silence again. Luke 2, 8 to 11. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened 
But the angel reassured him, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. So here he is again announcing, breaking the silence, and the same three things that happened with Mary's announcement happened here. He says, don't be, don't be frightened. Don't be startled. Don't be afraid of what God's going to say to you. And what is it? It's good news. I'm bringing you good news. And what's that good news? A rescuer is coming. The Savior is here. That same pattern of breaking that noise. This is when heaven and earth collide. Everything changed in that moment. And then it goes on. And this is how you will recognize in verse 12. You will find a baby lying in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Not what they had expected by a long shot. But this is what the announcement was. And then in the silence of that one angel already, that radiance, now God takes it up another notch. He ramps it up. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, armies of heaven praising God. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all whom God favors. He's declaring again, this is good news. And this Christmas, we don't have to live in the silence of God we don't have to feel like the silence is deafening, that, that, that we can hear God's voice, that this message still rings loud and clear. I mean, you may be living in that blank page. You may be feeling that blank page, but know that in the fullness of time, when God's countdown timer is done, when he says, at the right time, you will hear from me. Take hold and take courage in that, and also know that in the silence, God is speaking. And when he does, don't be afraid. He's going to break forth the good news. Now, how do you picture what God does when our ears are open, our spiritual ears to hear? What happens when we can hear the voice of God and, and, and we can communicate with our Heavenly Father? What goes on inside of us? I mean, there was a couple of, uh, couple of months ago, this went around social media, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. And it's about when people hear for the first time. And as, I watch, as you watch a couple of these clips, I want you to think also in terms of what must it be like when we can hear spiritually and hear the voice of God for the first time when our spiritual silence is broken. Take a listen and a look. Recording, Lachlan. This first hearing aid. Are you ready? No. <laughs> this is the, the big this moment is the here. Moment. She's going to hear something. We don't really know what. I'm going to roll the silent cushion here just a little bit. There you go. Sleeping. So now technically your device is on. <laughs> Can you tell? Gets me every time. It's powerful. When the silence is broken, when some of these children hear the voice of their parents for the first time, 
It brings joy. It brings life to their parents and to them. Some of us here are spiritually deaf. And maybe it's time to open our ears, and maybe God is wanting to penetrate that silence and open that up. And I think about Revelations chapter 3, verse 20 and 22. Jesus is saying, look, here I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal as friends. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying. The great news of Christmas is that we don't have to live in silence anymore. That we have the good news of Jesus Christ, that we have his spirit alive and well and stirring within us. And that God is there and he wants to get your attention. He's never going to you know, bolt down the door. He's never going to scream for it. But if he's there and if we listen and if we dial in, he wants us to respond to him. This morning, I want us to close in a time of prayer. And I want you to bow your head. And I just want you to reflect on what God's been speaking to you this morning. Maybe you're living in that blank page. And it's just been way too long since you feel like you've heard from God. You've been praying about something for a long period of time. If that's you and you're just reaching out to God, just raise your hand as a way of praying right now as a silent acknowledgement of this prayer. And I'd love to pray with you and, and acknowledge that this morning. Yeah, I see absolutely hands all over. And maybe... Maybe that silence, maybe that blank page is a sense, like I said earlier, where you just didn't, don't feel God's presence or nearness. It's been too long since you've felt that closeness to God. And maybe this morning, just as a way of praying, and you acknowledge that by raising your hand and saying, God, I just want to experience you. I want to feel you. I want to know you this, this day. Raise your hand today. Let me just see that, and let me make that a word of prayer for you this morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe there are some here this morning where that quiet knock of God's spirit, as we read in Revelation, Jesus was saying, is it's there. And maybe you're hearing it, and it's not so quiet anymore. Maybe it's pounding stronger. Maybe it's a lump in your throat, a twinge in your belly, in your gut. But you know in your spirit that God is calling, that he wants to break that silence, and it's time for you to respond to your heavenly Father this morning to say, yes, come in. I want this relationship with you. If that's you this morning, would you just acknowledge that with raising your hand and let me pray for you this morning? If that's you, yeah, yeah. Let me pray for you, absolutely. Yes, Lord, yeah. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, so many hands raised for all these different acknowledgements, God, of, of the silence that we often feel. They're difficult times, and, uh, and God, they, they can draw us closer to you. And I pray today, Lord, that we would be reminded that you have broken the silence, that your spirit is here for us and is available to us, and that your truth through Scripture continues to resound, and that through the songs that we sing and the messages we share and the hugs that we give one another and the words of encouragement, God, may your spirit break through in powerful ways. For those that have been praying for a long time, God, may they continue to be faithful in prayer. And God, we want this time and the fullness of time to be now. And God, help us to be patient on your timing and to know that we trust you. God, break through. God, those that are seeking to experience you in a fresh and real way, God, this Christmas, may you surround them in moments that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are there, that you are near, and that you are strong. And Father, for those that have acknowledged this morning that you have been pounding 
and knocking quietly, but that quiet knocking has become a pounding in their soul, God, that they want to break that barrier and want to hear you for the first time. Celebrate their spiritual ears hearing like we heard and saw in that video, physical ears being opened. Father, may our spirits just be filled with you today. Encourage those that are taking this first step with you today that this would be a Christmas to remember, the year the silence was broken when heaven and earth collided within our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.